This podcast episode has us introducing you to our BCEN and friend, Josh Weimer. Janie Shoemaker and Mark Eggers talk with Josh Weimer about his healthcare journey that started right after high school and into his current 19 years with the Navy. Listen to Josh's amazing and fascinating career and where it has taken him. His heartwarming stories, great views, advice, and perspectives, along with his positive love for what he does, makes this an episode you won't want to miss. This episode is called, Need to Get Something Done? Ask a Busy Person to Do It. Hello, and welcome to BCN and Friends podcast, where we hold interesting conversations about learning with a range of thought leaders, BCN certification holders, and industry professionals. But most importantly, to create value and insight for you, our professional nurses across the emergency spectrum. We hope you find our discussions interesting, informative, sometimes funny, sometimes serious, but always valuable. I'm Mark Eggers, Manager of Education Technology Services at BCN, and one of your hosts for today. I'm joined by my co-host, Janie Shoemaker, the CEO at BCN. Hi, Janie. Hi, Mark. In this episode of BCN and Friends, we have Josh Weimer. Janie, please let our audience know about our BCN and friend, Josh. Happy to, Mark. Josh Weimer is a chief nursing informatics officer for a large academic medical center with 10 health clinics spread across Southern California. He is also on the faculty at the University of San Diego's Han School of Nursing and Health Science, as well as the founding chief clinical officer with Shift Hive Incorporated, a pre-speed startup in healthcare workforce management space. His volunteer activities include currently serving as the vice president with the board of directors for the Competency and Credentialing Institute, advocating for the more than 42,000 perioperative nursing and surgical services management professionals around the country. Josh, welcome to the BCEN and Friends podcast. We are so excited to have you on our podcast and we're looking forward to our discussion today. Thank you and it's a privilege to be here. Well, Josh, I think you have a little uh, statement that you'd like to make before we get started, yes? Yes, thank you. I just would love to share with your listeners uh, that I uh, will be sharing my own personal views and the views expressed are solely my own and do not reflect the official policy or position of the U.S. Navy, the Department of Defense, or the U.S. government. All right. Well, thank you, Josh. Um, my first question for you, Josh, and I've been following you now for probably a little more than a year on LinkedIn, and you have done some amazing work. And you've got an amazing career. You've accomplished so many things. I'm just in awe when I stand back and think about all the things you've done. Can you please tell us a little bit about yourself and this amazing career that you've had so far? Well, thank you. And again, it's a privilege to be here with you and your community. Um, yeah, journeys in healthcare as a healthcare professional start in the widest variety of ways. And mine began immediately after high school with the need to pay for nursing school. And so I began my career in healthcare as a nursing assistant. Um, and ultimately uh, through nursing school and progression in my career, ended up as a medical assistant in a level one trauma center in Seattle while still pursuing my degree. Uh, post 9-11, obviously that was very, 9-11 uh, was a very impactful event for our, our country and the world, and I decided to join the Navy. So 
at this point in time, uh, nearly 19 years into a career in the Navy that began with service as a Navy corpsman for five years, and then uh, very fortunate to have them select me. The Navy select me for a commissioning program as a nurse uh, where I attended Seattle University uh, in near where I grew up. Uh, since that time, uh, med surge, emergency department, uh, post-anesthesia care, ambulatory services, and then almost 10 years ago, I ended up uh, participating in and graduating from the Navy's perioperative program, having spent the last uh, decade in the OR community. So that journey has been absolutely fantastic uh, within the Navy and the experiences I've had. And about three or four years ago, I I took my long-standing interest in data and uh, the electronic healthcare record and innovation, and was very fortunate to have an opportunity to return to the University of San Diego to obtain my master's in healthcare informatics, and uh, has led to many of the experiences and the opportunities that I have now. Yeah, that's that's a pretty amazing uh, track record, and I would like to just thank you for your service on behalf of our listeners. I know each of them would would like to have us thank you for your service. That means so much, and um, obviously you've made quite a difference um, in your career. Um, and and you you've also published quite a few remarkable pieces that you didn't mention that I happen to know about because I've read um, a handful of them. Um, so I would mention that as well. Um, tell me, Josh, what you're most proud of out of that, out of that um, amazing career that you just talked about. Well, I, I, I think nurses come to this uh, profession for many reasons, and uh, you know, something that sticks with me is from an article I read some years ago that there really are two reasons we become nurses. They, we either want to make a difference in the lives of individuals and communities, or we identify as or with a vulnerable individual uh, or group. And, and for me, you know, I'm, 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 I'm most proud of making a difference in the lives of individuals and communities. And for me, that is uh, the identity that I've chosen, the reason I'm in the career. And I think as we mature as nurses, we ultimately find ourselves with opportunities to shape that journey for others. And I think, uh, another component of that component of that that I'm very proud of is, you know, just developing teams, uh, workplaces where the staff not only do they become a better nurse and develop that uh, competency, but they they grow and flourish as a person. And I think that that is something that every nurse, especially as we've been in the profession for any period of time, should be remarkably proud of. Well, I, that warms my heart to hear you say that. The the one thing that, that troubles me is all the experience, you know, nurses that are so experienced, uh, you know, they're, they're retiring, people are getting older and they're retiring and, and so much of that knowledge is, is, um, you know, going out the door and it's just, it's so important to uh, build those teams and, and make a difference for those that we're bringing along. Um, so I, I, that, that's, that's incredible that you're uh, that you're uh, most proud of that piece. I think that's great. I do think we have an immense opportunity. We, we need to recognize that the nursing profession is 
uh, is chronologically advanced in age on average. We need to recognize that as we mature, because I'm, <laughs> I'm advancing myself every year, uh, that we are bringing up those eager, um, uh, hard-charging, innovative uh, teammates with us because uh, the nursing of tomorrow is going to be uh, be founded on the experiences that our teams are having today. And, you know, my, my involvement uh, in the nursing community, whether it be locally with my own facility, whether it be in uh, the state uh, here of California or whether it be on a national level, is totally totally predicated based on the fact that we all have that opportunity to shape what that tomorrow looks like uh, for, for a continued engagement and excellence out of, uh, out of our profession. Agreed. Absolutely. So important. Very good. Absolutely is right. Thank you, first of all, for your service. I want to say it also, and I can't tell you how much that does mean to all of us. Absolutely. So thank you. Josh, if you could tell us about a person or a moment during your career that has made the biggest impact on you. I'm sure there's been a lot of them, but what one comes to mind if you think about it? Oh, and, and I, I have been mulling uh, this over for many years, actually. You know, what would be defining moments in your career? What has shaped you to uh, guided your decision making, uh, you know, brought you to where you are as a person and as a professional today? And I think... It is really hard. Uh, I've been in healthcare 24 years now. Uh, it's really hard to isolate it down to one moment. And I think that's probably the same for any number of us. And, but I, I do have a moment that I, it does, uh, has come up many times uh, since I had the experience. And uh, it involves a, a very young man. Um, I was on my uh, second uh, combat deployment with the Navy. And we were between missions in North Africa. And we had an opportunity during the downtime to just very spontaneously go out and serve at an orphanage, uh, provide some care at an orphanage in Djibouti City. And, um, you know, it's hard to not even be emotional today about that because you go to this orphanage, um, there's a single um, uh, none there in her 60s who's dedicated her life to uh, the nation of Djibouti and the people of Djibouti. And she's caring for 80-some uh, orphans uh, in a compound that's no larger than uh, the property that anyone who owns a home lives on here in the United States. And, you know, there's not a blade of grass. There's not a stitch of shade other than that created by the the two-room building that she provides all the care in, one for cooking and um, preparing the daily meals, one room for schooling, for sleeping, for every activity that those children have. And, and arriving there, you know, as very uh, privileged, as very um, uh, just even the absurdity of what we all wear on a daily basis with, you know, our, our wealth and our opulence uh, from a developed country arriving there with, you know, the only thing those orphans have is, is the clothes on their back and the meal they're going to be served and that the protection of, of, of the, of the nun there at the orphanage. And while we were doing the medical, delivering the medical care uh, uh, to about uh, a certain percentage of the orphans, 
one young man came up and he had a bandage on his foot. Um, and he, he had had a bug bite uh, that became very infected and that's pretty notorious in that uh, part of the world. And as I removed his bandage, uh, it was, it was quite a remarkable wound. And I looked up at him to see a response, you know, controlling my own facial expressions as we do as nurses. And he was just beaming back at me with the most amazing smile, the widest eyes, the clearest, um, you know, desire and need to engage with another person. And I think that that's, that's the kind of uh, kind of life directing and life changing experience many of us have. You know, your community in the ER uh, sees a lot of trauma. We see the same in the e in the OR. We see a lot of uh, emotional uh, uh, components of our care. And when I think about not speaking the same language as this very young man, probably six or seven years old, uh, but he what you could tell he he was hungry for that engagement and even just the kindness and the, you know, the, the various hand gestures, uh, the level of appreciation and joy and happiness you can share and convey um, and relief and um, just gentleness of spirit that was coming from him. You know, that's something that you cannot uh, move past without recognizing. No, that, that is a great story. And as you told it, and you told it very well, I could just picture that. And it made me smile, actually, to uh, think about that. So thanks for sharing that. I appreciate it. So, Josh, what is next for you? Tell us about your next career move or any projects you're working on. Oh, well, <laughs> uh, as Janie noted, it's it's good to be busy. And so I, I'm especially proud of uh, my current doctoral work at Hopkins uh, that's looking very closely at something that's uh, close to all of our hearts, which is specialties, nursing specialty certification, and its, its impact on professional development, um, its relevance on, uh, and its relevance on nursing practice. And, and I, I'm especially excited for what this could mean. You know, there are a lot of good people working on this topic but I'm excited for what this could really mean for uh, outcomes, um, what this could mean for, you know, moving our profession forward and uh, the whole concept that ultimately I've, I've previously written on, published on in partnership with Dr. Christopher Stuckey, that, you know, this really should be a national standard at some point, again, not presuming on what our profession would choose, but Ultimately, uh, as uh, as a course of our progression as nurses, after our education is achieved, after we've practiced for a defined period of time, whatever that would be, that specialty certification should be the next step in validating and um, uh, developing ourselves as professionals. So, to me, this this is a very exciting work, and again, uh, it's going to be uh, another year of effort, uh, but. Uh, you know, I'm very excited with the focus of my project being the perioperative community to be able to hopefully learn some lessons that can be translated to other communities across nursing. And I would be remiss to not acknowledge uh, Dr. Jim Stabinski and the team at CCI and their support for my work. Mm -hmm. Super. Great. That's very exciting, Josh. I can't wait to to see that, to see the results from your, from your work on this. I, you're speaking my language hundred percent now. Um, and that, that research 
to further articulate the need for and the value of certification for nurses is, is critical. We need more of it. We don't have enough. Um, so speaking of specialty nursing certification, I did want to ask you about that because you, you are a firm believer in it. Um, can you talk a little bit more about why specialty uh, nursing certification should be the standard? Why is it so important? Why are you doing your doctorate work on it? Sure, and, and, and this is always a conversation that, that, that I love to have, and I think that we all should sort out how we feel about it and how we wish to contribute and we wish to engage with it, because I think it's going to continue to be a topic that's going to accelerate in the years to come. And I, I do want to backtrack just a little bit. I am pursuing my doctorate of nursing, doctor of nursing practice degree, and really leaning on a lot of great work that's out there by PhDs. So, you know, as someone who it, the whole purpose of my doctoral work is to focus in on existing research and, you know, translating that to practice, evidence-based practice, that is ultimately the imperative. Nursing practice needs to be evidence-based practice. And, you know, that is also my passion for informatics. That's my passion for um, good quality uh, systems and applications that capture the data that we can use as a collective to identify trends and innovations and treatments and, and cures uh, that, that then can be implemented by professionals such as myself who wish to focus and uh, really enjoy focusing on evidence-based practice. And, and that has to be predicated on the fact that specialty certification is a validation of an individual professional's engagement and competence with that current body of knowledge. And, and without a doubt, uh, specialty certification does pull the individual professional nurse, regardless of specialty, it pulls that nurse to the latest body of knowledge and, you know, proves through their successful obtaining of a certification and renewal uh, through activities, whether it be continuing education hours or points activities as we now have with uh, in the perioperative community, uh, that this is really the way to demonstrate and add value. And, and in my previous writing with Dr. Stuckey, why as a profession would we not embrace an opportunity much like our physician peers uh, to embrace specialty certification, board certification, whatever your preferred nomenclature is, and begin to carry that message to our patients and share that same uh, value proposition with our communities because our physician partners are very good at, uh, at messaging this. This is a part of their culture. Patients aggressively pursue care from providers who are board certified and have validated skills. And to me, this is a natural fit. This is a uh, progression of our growth as a profession. And it's, it's a very attainable um, part of continuous uh, and ongoing professional development for every nurse. Wow, that, yes, that's really well said. I couldn't agree with you more. I have been saying for, I don't know how many years now, you know, our physician counterparts, this is part of their culture and, and how do we make it 
part, how do we make nursing the same way? And nursing really does need this as a profession. Absolutely. Um, and along with that course goes lifelong learning. And I know that you are very much a lifelong learner. So Josh, what kind of what kind of learning engages you and for our listeners who are thinking, wow, how, how could this guy who's doing so much find time for that learning? How do you do it? Well, I very recently, somebody said to me, if you need to get something done, ask a busy person to do it. And I think that that is, that's probably more true uh, than not. And I think that for me, uh, all of my interests, all of the things I have pursued are remarkably complementary, and they stem from a pathway that I could never have predicted um, from the start. And, and it starts with pursuing uh, education, pursuing learning opportunities that are practical for your own professional development, making them achievable, but not so achievable that you're going to wait till tomorrow. Because if you don't progressively achieve something today or this week, uh, it's, it's just going to be a longer journey. And I really, I really uh, have a firm uh, belief, uh, and I communicate it to my teams and to those I have an opportunity to engage with, that why not accomplish that small piece of your future today? Because then it puts you on that much on, on a higher plane, a higher platform to jump to the next opportunity. And I think that each activity that you pursue, viewing it as a step to something more will create a positive spin on it. When you may have worked a 12, 13 hour shift, uh, it's your fourth shift in a row and you have something due. If you wanna pursue academics, something's gonna have a due date and you have something due in you know the next day or so uh, that, that, that does involve work and, and, and introspection or academic research um, literature reviews, et cetera, you know, have, making sure that it really has meaning. And I think that tying that back, I'm not a foo-foo, follow your passions person, but I think if you are passionate about the topic, if you are passionate about the impact that you can have and that you know what you're pursuing will have, that it really ultimately, uh, it makes that work, if you will, into, uh, uh, for me, it makes it way less of a task and it makes it more of something to achieve and, and creates a positive spin on it that, that makes it just one more step or one more link in the chain. And I think that that ability to be passionate about something, you don't have to solve the whole equation. We are a part of a huge profession. We're part of a huge team, even at the local level, we depend on others to succeed on every shift. But if we're able to be that small part, serve our fullest uh, to that team, I think, you know, for me, I, I look back over my career, there's a remarkable connection with data and innovation and, and engagement with systems and applications. And it's really proved itself to be quite valuable. And that only um, is evident now, but it really has driven my pursuit of that next opportunity. And I think that when we look at that, if you're going to go to your part of the question about what does it take to have a career path, um, again, I know one of us is alike, and that's what's so incredible about nursing, that we can all 
come together collectively and achieve and we aren't fundamentally stepping on each other's toes. No one is holding each other back or should be holding each other back. And are we, are we pursuing those opportunities? That, that's really a great way to look at that lifelong learning, you know, to look at it as though it is part of something bigger and it's taking you to your next step. I really, I really like that perspective a lot. I think sometimes it can just feel overwhelming, like, oh my gosh, I need to do this, this, and this. And I did just work for 12-hour shifts, so I'm tired. And I know nurses are especially tired more than ever right now. So I, I love the perspective that you just gave us. And, and I was going to ask you, you know, if somebody really wants to take a really aggressive and, and meaningful uh, career path such as yours, do you have any advice for them? Well, I'm, I'm full of advice. I think, <laughs> I think that it's also about perspective. And I think, you know, don't be me, be yourself. Um, and if you are yourself, doors will open. Um, you know, take those open doors, because if you don't take that open door into the next um, hallway where there is going to be additional opportunity, uh, you know, you're just delaying and uh, and preventing, sh uh, you know, extending the curve, if you will, on your own development and stretching yourself while it is uncomfortable. You know, my first experience as an ER charge nurse was with two years of medical surgical uh, inpatient unit experience. I was in Kuwait at a uh, military facility on a combat deployment, and I was an ER charge nurse with two years of inpatient experience. So stretching myself there, yes, I had the skills. My leadership was not being irresponsible by, by putting me there. I had the trauma training. I had uh, advanced, uh, I, I was quite a, uh, accomplished ACLS provider, et cetera. But, you know, pursuing that and embracing that opportunity, knowing who my resources were, was I there being a cowboy? No, I was there trying to drink out of a fire hose and I don't think I took a breath for a month. Right. And mm -hmm. I think that that's exactly how we have to approach opportunity is if something is of necessity or interest or a passion to you, um, you know, you, you embrace it and, you know, the necessity even makes it, uh, makes it a, a tolerable and an achievable and a desirable uh, learning experience. And I think once you move past necessity and you're at interest and passion, it doesn't feel like work anymore. And I would encourage the listeners out there, you are, they are accomplished. They have so much to offer. Many of them have seen or done as much or more than myself. And so you can give and contribute at a very high level on a regular basis, but when it flows naturally and begins to complement, your activities begin to complement each other, that's when you'll know that you're having an impact. And I think that getting the junior professional to that level where they see the momentum and they see the opportunity I, I, I had my own delays in that I did not publish or write uh, academically for many years, and that was just a part of my evolution. And I would encourage anybody listening to think about what would be that next step that they can take their profession and their own career to the next level, and there is a next step, and that 
sequential action is going to turn into a really incredible journey for them. Wow, that's great advice. Thank you so much. That's I, I'm I'm feeling pretty inspired myself listening to that. That's I, terrific. I agree. That was excellent. Excellent. So, Josh, I'm going to ask you a few rapid fire questions. What would you be doing if you were not in your current role? Is there any? What else would you be doing? Uh, I have a lot of interest, but uh, professionally, I always wanted to be an architect or maybe even a landscape designer. So something totally different, probably. Great. Good. And I have three categories regarding favorites. So number one, what is your favorite book? Well, and, and I, I think there's, there's a lot of good literature out there. Uh, but I think that given where we're at, in our, our time and space, uh, what our country is uh, dealing with, uh, you know, at, hopefully on the tail end of this COVID experience, if you will, and then socially with so many changes, I'd encourage people to maybe consider what I still, it's dense reading, but it is my favorite book. And it is uh, by Solzhenitsyn, is that uh, his profound text, the Gulag Archipelago. I think that there's a lot of lessons to be learned there. Again, it's not light reading. It's not a quick read, but just exploring who we are as an individual, as a profession, as a society, as a nation. I think uh, there's a lot there. Uh, you don't have to agree with some of the conclusions of the author, but hearing about his journey, um, and he wrote that over 10 years, uh, I believe in the 50s and 60s. Uh, in quite trying circumstances will, first of all, put our own challenges into perspective, but then it serves some incredible leadership lessons as well as um, ultimately the, uh, the ability to see ourselves as change agents within our own families, communities, and uh, areas. Great. Thanks. How about your favorite movie? Uh, Inception, without a doubt. I love Inception and it's, it's the layers uh, that exercise your mind. And a component of that would be that it, it's very original. I, I do not appreciate a movie where I can pre-quote five of the lines just based off of the recipe out of Hollywood. So Inception's remarkable. It is a good movie, yep. And how about a favorite song? <laughs> and I'm going to have to pass on this one because there are too many for all sorts of different reasons. But I would confess to in the, my teens loving sting in the police which is horrific in some ways but awesome in others so again uh i have a pretty eclectic taste uh through today so i, I would have to decline a specific song no problem great thank you so how about hobbies or interests what other hobbies or interests do you have that we don't know about uh well i i, I first of all i think it's it's especially critical to have interests outside of of whatever your main work is and i for me, running is how I exercise the demons, if you will, and uh, burn off uh, the energy and think about uh, what I'd like to achieve next. There's some there's remarkable clarity in that intermediate stage of running where the pain uh, starts to be replaced by some clarity and recognition of what you've achieved. So I think that that's especially important. And then especially working with my hands has always been great for me. So I, I especially enjoy restoring 
uh, vintage cars. But uh, again, I had a little bit of a break with all the things I have on my plate there, but uh, excited to hopefully begin pursuing that in the next couple of years again as well. Excellent. Great. And then if our audience would like to follow you online, uh, I believe you're on LinkedIn and Twitter. Yes, they can find me on LinkedIn and Twitter and be absolutely a privilege to connect. And if anybody wanted to communicate about any of my previous work and their impressions or their perspectives, it, it's uh, many of those uh, are continuing to develop into other things and always eager to engage with professionals. Excellent. And if people out there in the audience, if you want to find those links, just look at the description of this podcast and you'll find the information out there. So excellent. Uh, Jane, is there anything else you would like to add? No, I just, I'm just really excited to be able to spend some time with you, Josh, and, and hear all your, your perspectives and advice for us and our listeners. And uh, you've had a, you've had a remarkable career and I think you've got a lot ahead of you still. And I, for one, am excited to follow you. So thank you so much for giving your time uh, to our listeners and to us today. I want to take this time to thank Josh Weimer for joining us for this episode of BCN and Friends. And just like Janie said, Josh, thank you so much for sharing your time and your stories with us. Thank you so very much, and it was a privilege. And to all of our listeners, we hope you will stay tuned as we continue on with BCN and Friends and bring you new and meaningful content and perspectives. If you have a suggestion for an episode, please email us at bcen at bcen.org. I am Mark Eggers with Janie Shoemaker, and on behalf of the entire BCN team, we thank and celebrate you for all that you are doing as professional nurses across the emergency spectrum. Until next time, 